Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the series? Here we are again. Here we are again. (laughs) I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And we are covering... Bridgerton, one Finally. of the most uh, <laughs> popular, most like talked about series, I think, uh, in recent times. We weren't going to um, do it either. We weren't, but I think, well, then, for me, the catalyst was I got these really pretty editions true. from Once Upon a Book Club of books one through four, and I was like, well, I have to read these now. Right. Um, uh, explain and, what Once Upon a Book Club is, because yes, it's really cool. It and is. this isn't an ad. I just think it's cool. Yeah, no, it's it's really an interesting. Um, so I'm sure if you're a reader, you probably know that there's subscription boxes. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different styles and shapes and sizes and all that but once upon a book club what they do is the book that you receive in the box they um have i think three to four sometimes even five items that relate to the book somehow that they put little post-its in the different pages in the book that relate to that item so let's say you're on page you know 150 Mm -hmm. and they're talking about a letter the present or the prize or the gift could be like a quill or like a pen or something like that that kind of relates to that. A quill. Well, I say that because the Bridgerton box one yeah. or book one has a quill, actually. I'm pretty it. upset you didn't wear your white gloves that you got in that box. Well, they're actually like a gray. We'll premiere them um, <laughs> for our in-feed post uh, promoting this Great. episode. But Great. anyway, so yeah, Once Upon a Book Club, it's a super cool subscription box if you're interested, if you're an avid reader. They have um, monthly subscriptions and mm-hmm. And they also have like one-off boxes that you yeah. can just purchase um, on their website. And you have a discount code too. Oh, I do. I have a <laughs> discount code. If you want to use it, you don't have to. But if you want 10% off, the code is Roche Reads 10 So R-O-S-H Reads 10 And you just put that into like the whatever discount box. I actually <laughs> just ordered a, a box like... Because they were having a sale. So I'm really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I've so. gotten like three or four different boxes from them. And the, the stuff is like cute not only cute mm-hmm. but like some of it's actually practical yeah. and you can use it well so. and it was kind of a perfect storm because you got the box mm-hmm. and then i ran out of things to watch on netflix <laughs> and so i was like fine there's now a second season let me give it a chance and nobody told me that this is a Chandelier or a <laughs> shondaland production yep and we love her directed by shonda rhimes yes we do love her i don't know i i feel like we've never talked about this show for me to bring that up because i didn't know that i had no Um, idea well and for me it was like i'm a firm believer like i'd like to read the book before i watch Mm -hmm. the movie or show so like i kept putting off watching the show because i was like i'll eventually read it so i was happy when you suggested doing it because i was like well we need another series Mm -hmm. to cover and why not one that's been you know super talked about and watched recently but i will say um the second season just premiered recently we are starting right from the beginning so we're going to start with bridgerton season one um which correlates to book one in this series which is the duke and i um so this episode we will be covering Bridgerton season one episode one and it's titled mm-hmm. diamond of the first water so I did need to stop because we need to first establish our Bridgerton names oh, which went viral okay. on TikTok oh please please do <laughs> so <tell>. um <laughs> We'll have to change it a little bit for you because it does include a middle name. Figures. And you don't have a middle name. Well, if you ask our friends, my middle name is Blanche. Okay. Well, we'll just use your first name for it. So this is how it goes. You take Lady, Mm -hmm. if you're you're a female, if you're a guy, it's Lord. Mm -hmm. But Lady and then your middle name, the last thing you drank plus ton, 
your street name that you currently live on plus Shire. Okay. So mine is Lady Lee Red Bolton <laughs> of Southern Shire. Okay. Mine would be Lady Rosha of Waterton. Mm-hmm. Ray Shire. On right? Ray Shire. On Ray yep. Shire. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good ones. I think so. <laughs> Nothing too embarrassing no. or, you know, no. weird. I love that. Um, okay. So the book was originally published in 2000. It's written by Julia Quinn, whose actual name is uh, Julia Pottinger. Or Pottinger. Um, so her pen name is mm-hmm. Julia Quinn. Uh, the book has three a 3.8 out of 5 on Goodreads and it's 384 pages. And so the series is on Netflix. It is eight episodes long for the first and the second season. Um, it's rated TVMA for obvious reasons, um, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. It had so much more sexual undertones and sex in this than I ever thought it would have. Um, I think there was more sex in this than in Grey's Anatomy. Well, I, th- I want to say, I think it's because Shonda has always been yeah. limited because most of her stuff has been on regular television, right. like cable TV, where you can't right. do a lot That's of this true. stuff. So it's like she like, you know the uh, doors were open for her so she could do anything and everything i guess so but it is a drama romance um it was created and produced by um, chris van dusen which not surprisingly has produced scandal Mm -hmm. (laughs) gray's anatomy from 2005 to 2012 and also private practice so he's in you know he's in shondaland yes he (laughs) he is riding that roller coaster Uh, So the synopsis of the series as a whole reads wealth, lust, and betrayal set against the backdrop of Regency era England seen through the eyes of the powerful Bridgerton family. So that's not like the synopsis of the first. Well, no, but that was just the overall. I do love how this series is broken up. So, or how the book series is broken up, how each book, I'll speak to that. Yeah, but to your point, yes, each book is, um, speaks to, or talks about a specific Bridgerton sibling because there's eight total. Um, so, so, uh, speaking of that, some fun facts, um, Julia Quinn has appeared on the New York times bestseller list 19 times. So she's got not only this series, but a bunch of other series and, and, um, standalone books. I thought this was super interesting, totally random, not related at all. But in 2001, she won. $79,000 on the weakest link. Oh, which I thought was fun. Cause I love yeah. the weakest link. Um, she actually lives in Seattle, Washington. Oh yeah. Where you're originally from. Um, well, and then I'm sure that, you know, Grey's Anatomy. I'm sure she loves it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I actually was surprised that she is American. She's not British mm-hmm. or, you know, from, from, uh, the UK, uh, just because, you know, the, the setting yeah. of this, mm-hmm. um, the series, but either way, I don't think that that made yeah. a big difference. Um, but to your point, yes, this is the Bridgerton series is an eight book series. Um, each book is dedicated to a specific sibling. So we've got the first one, which we're covering for this season, the Duke and I, which really was released in 2000. And it focuses on Daphne, who is the f- oldest daughter. Then we've got the Viscount who loved me focuses on Anthony or Anthony, Anthony. the very first um, boy. Then we've got an offer uh, an offer from a gentleman that um, is about Benedict, the second uh, oldest boy. Then we've got romancing Br- Mr. Bridgerton, which is about Colin, third oldest boy. Colin. Then we've got To Sir Philip with Love, which is Eloise's book, second oldest daughter. When He Was Wicked is next, which covers Francesca's story, third oldest daughter. 
Uh, then we've got it. It's in his kiss um, that uh, is focused on Hi- Hyacinth. Is that how you say Hyacinth, it? Hyacinth, yeah. who's the youngest daughter. And then, last but not least, on the way to the wedding, which covers Gregory's story, and he is the youngest of the eight siblings. One other fact: he um, is not Hyacinth. Is oh, the, you're right, because it goes in um, he's the, he's alphabetical the youngest boy. Right? Yes, youngest yes. boy. That's right. It goes in alphabetical, <laughs> so it goes Anthony, Benedict, Colin. Daphne, Eloise, Francesca, Gregory, Hyacinth. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, um, uh, Julia Quinn did publish second epilogues for mm-hmm. each uh, um, sibling story. Um, and actually, my edition has the second ep- epilogue in the book. Mm-hmm. And she mentions, you know, do you ever wonder like what happens to these characters yes, always. after the fact, like years, you know, years later? So she actually basically designed these second epilogues to show you kind of future state what yeah. their stories are all about That's so cool. i don't know if I your edition that. has the second epilogue well, let me in see them. i have it right in front well you clearly didn't read it if you didn't know if it was there. i haven't finished it yet oh that's right that's right i'm reading along as we that's go that's right that's Give your mo <laughs> um i will say the if anyone's interested in buying these costco has it's two different sets so it's book one through four and then four through eight and they're five only like yeah. yeah five through eight it's only like 25 bucks for the set of four which yeah. is good um Yep, the second epilogue. Yeah. So go. at one point she was, I think she she released them as separate, but mm-hmm. um, once they you know came out, she started yeah. reprinting the originals or the the books with the second epilogue um, already in the book. So, Fascinating. Um, but yeah, I read the second epilogue for this one that we're covering, the Duke and I, um, and I love that. I love mm-hmm. getting that like inside look of what their lives are years down the line, which is so interesting considering, right. We we're going to keep going back and forth because as time goes on, we're going to get the next stories. And so just knowing how some things happen Mm -hmm. that haven't yet happened. Yeah. If that makes sense Mm -hmm. in real time or in, you know, current state for, for these eight siblings. So those are kind of the, the fun facts. Obviously, like I said, we're only covering the Duke and I because it, it, it correlates with season one of Bridgerton on Netflix. Are we going to do season two right away? Yeah. Right after. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a wild ride, but then it'll be a while (laughs) because I don't know when season three is planned. Well, if it's out. Netflix, they'll push it to make it come out real quick. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so a couple fun facts about the series so far. Like I mentioned, a lot more sex in this than I thought there was ever going to yeah. be. Um, <laughs> in in 2020, um, 2020, that sounds like 2020, <laughs> um, Julianne Robinson, who's one of the directors of, of the series, um, after doing episode two, she told um, – <laughs> she told – uh, somebody in an article about how they had to monitor these sex scenes so so carefully and in my mind when she said it I was like oh, okay they wanted to make sure they did it like very classy mm-hmm. make sure they did that no <laughs> they had she they had to monitor it very closely because the sets that they were where they were filming were actual historical buildings oh. and different sets and different um like beddings and stuff that mm-hmm. were really old so they had to make sure that they didn't break anything <laughs> Or scratch anything up. Oh, that's hilarious. And that's a lot of times they had to tell people, they had to like stop the scene because it was getting too intense and they didn't want like a bedpost to break. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is really funny. I thought that was funny. So the, obviously the costumes, you know, are beautiful in mm-hmm. this. Nothing that I'm so glad I never had to wear, but beautiful costumes. I think actually season two has better costumes. Interesting. I feel like it gets more extravagant or whatever. I do love the vibrant colors. Yes. That they bring out. Yeah. So um, I don't, think it's mentioned in the book um 
but they did decide to give like each house a certain color. Mm. So like the Featheringtons are like the oranges and the yellows and the Bridgertons are like the pastel blues and the greens and whatnot. Uh, just for Daphne's character alone, she has 104 different costume changes in the first season. Wow. But you think about it, how many balls and galas does That's she go true. to throughout that series? So I true. thought that was funny. <laughs> um, and then Netflix has announced that they will be renewing, um, at least for season three and four, um, as of this year that's what they've decided i mean i feel like it's so popular they're yeah. gonna eventually do all eight yeah, i feel for like sure. but good to know because that we I, we both have books three and four <laughs> yeah, so we're we go. good we're set so not gonna go through obviously all the characters um i figured i would do like four at a time <laughs> per episode so let's start with the narrator of this series uh lady whistledown um is narrated by julie andrews who is just fabulous i didn't look that really? up but i was I, I mean her voice is very uh, right noticeable i just mm-hmm. didn't put two and two together yeah she has done some other narrating um roles but obviously she's known for the sound of music princess diaries and then mary poppins of course um in the books uh the identity of Lady Whistledown is not known to the reader until, I guess, the fourth book. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a while till you find out in the book. However, in the series, um, we find out, like, at the end of, uh, end of season one. Oh. So I don't know why. Because we talked about this earlier, how I had mentioned that to you, and you were like, well, I thought it was going to be, like, Gossip Girl, where we didn't find out for a right. while. Um, so I don't know why they decided to... Tell us who that person ends up being. Maybe they took a page out of Gossip Girl and decided just to <laughs> tell true. us because or what Pretty the, Little Liars. The anticipation of Gossip Girl and then finding out that it was Lonely Boy Dan. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> was so yeah. such a letdown. <laughs> well, and honestly, that's why I stopped watching Pretty Little Liars. I was like, if they don't tell me who A is. Like very soon, I'm done. Well, not only that with that, but like they kept changing who A was. <laughs> right. It's like it, it's this person. Actually, no, wait, it's this person. Now there's two other A's. Yeah. Like it was stupid, but interesting. Good to know that yeah. um, season one ends and we find out because book one does not tell mm-hmm. you. Like you said, it's it's not told book yeah. four. Well, so. and it's fun because I'm. Re- and it's not Julie Andrews, right? It's not Julie Andrews. <laughs> I will s- spoil that for you. It is not Julie Andrews, <laughs> but I will tell you. So I'm rewatching this series because I watched it mm. before and now rewatching it for the podcast. I didn't figure out who Lady Whistledown was. Like, I didn't guess it. Mm-hmm. But now watching the series back, I'm like, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, there's it's so obvious. many little clues that okay. you could have totally caught on to, which is always fun to watch. So you know, it's, it's a character we've already met, at least uh, in episode one or yeah, two? Yeah. Okay. Should I just take a guess and see if I'm right? No, because I'm not going to tell you yes or no. Well, no, I'm just going to... Okay. document my guess okay. here and in case i'm right then okay. i can look back on it and say, okay hey. who do you think it is <sighs> hmm. i thought you had one on deck no. like i thought you had it a- <laughs> wait come back to me I'll, no I'll- i want to know right now well while I'm- we're talking about lady whistledown um i'm gonna guess oh gosh it's hard because in the book she says at one point that she wasn't invited to a specific event that I think who I'm thinking of would have been invited to. So now I'm like second guessing my guess. Will you just say somebody, please? Um, can I guess two people? No. <laughs> guess what? This was your game. I know. I know. I know. Um, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess their mom. Okay. I will. I, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, but by their mom, I mean, lady Bridgerton, like Violet, Violet. Bridgerton. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Noted. 
<laughs> All right, moving on to Daphne Bridgerton, who is one of the main characters of of this series, um, played by Phoebe Dinever. These names are <laughs> so uh, it's funny that, you know, not funny, but you said, you know, how Julia Quinn is from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Chandra Rhymes is American, like, but all of the characters are from England That's or from true. Europe. So um, but anyways, uh, she did a couple series here and there. Um, she has three upcoming movies, which isn't shocking, uh, called bank, the bank of Dave fair play. And then I heart murder, which sounds great. I've never heard of any of those. Well, no, they're coming up. You wouldn't. Have. Oh, okay. <laughs> but well, I mean, I could have heard of them, but you didn't, but I didn't. Um, I guess one thing we should talk about, um, in the casting. So in, well, just overall, I love how they casted this. Mm-hmm. Um, Reading this book, very Caucasian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the Bridgertons are described as being, have all have this chestnut hair, blue or, or brown or green eyes. They all look very similar. Um, in the series, they don't all look, the guys kind of look similar. They do have the brown hair, but Daphne has kind of almost dirty Blonde, blonde orange not orange um like kind of a reddish strawberry blonde yeah. type hair um but then going furthermore they casted a lot of people of color mm-hmm. which i think is so great yes and something that we haven't really seen in period pieces mm-hmm. and i mentioned this to you yesterday like it's something that it's not even brought up in the series right like it's just like okay well, if you think about it, I mean, yes, there's one thing where a, an author does have to describe their mm-hmm. characters, but if you didn't have that, like, there's really no reason or indication or anything that mm-hmm. these people have to be Caucasian, yeah. right? And I do, I appreciate that, I mean, it's it's very, um, I don't want to say typical, but it's very like Shonda yeah. to do that, right? To incorporate people of color, mm-hmm. to incorporate diversity, which I appreciate, yeah. and I think others do too, it... it not it doesn't take away from anything no. if anything it adds more like to Absolutely. the series than from what we got in the book and like it's really never mentioned of like like i said it, it doesn't become they don't make it any sort of issue it's just like this is how it is right and i love it for yeah. it um sorry going back to daphne bridgerton and phoebe who plays it i i actually really ended up liking her at the very beginning and i wasn't fully fully like into board, it yeah. but like the evolution of her character through this season by the end of it i'm like all right like you can hang so okay yeah I mean, it took I, me a couple episodes though initial reaction I, I didn't mind her i think in the book she's described as more of like a generic mm-hmm. looking girl very kind of like you wouldn't do a double take on her necessarily yeah. she's just kind of like not one of the boys but like very much like just She's friend zoned. She's friend zoned yeah. a lot. She's not very, she's not the top girl every right. guy always wants. Um, whereas, like in here, it's at least initially, she's mm-hmm. presented as like the most beautiful. The queen yeah. even, you know, mentions that she's um, flawless or something yeah. like that. And then things change. But, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know that that made that much of a difference. I like her. I, you've seen the whole season, so yeah. I don't know. So far, yeah. so I good. think you'll like her a little bit more. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, as we mentioned, the diversity of the cast. Uh, Simon Bassett, who is actually the Duke in this in this series, is played by... Oh, 
You got any? Do you have any idea how to pronounce his name? Let me look at his name. Um, it's R E G E with the little thing above it. R E G. Why can't I see him? Oh, because he's not Reggae in- or Reggae or. Um, I'm gonna say John something. <laughs> Reggae John. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is he's freaking beautiful Um, and he's great. And I love him. Uh, We do not see him in season two. That's what we've heard. Um, Yeah. He decided not to come back, which I kind of like was okay with. Like as much as I really love him by the end of this series and loved him in this, like why wouldn't you go and like pursue other options when you're not even, you can't go from being the main character in the first season to being just kind of background like they, they mention him in the second season, um, but he does have some big projects coming up. He's going to be in the movie Gray Man. What's that? Um, it's based on a book, and oh. it's with it's going to be on an, it's going to be on Netflix. Um, coming out July fifteenth, and it's starring Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Ooh. Um, I think we mentioned it before. So, and it's directed by the Russo brothers. Oh, so so that's on our list. Is what you're it's saying? on our list. Very excited for that one. He's also going to be in the upcoming Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out. So, totally cool that like. Yeah, go do your thing. You, like, <laughs> got your stardom. Like, go do something with it, you well, know? and, like, yeah, clearly he's on to bigger and better things. Not that Bridgerton's not big, but, like, if you stay, it kind of, you, you get pigeonholed, and that's kind of You get where... pigeonholed, but it's also, like, he's not like he was going to make a ton of money at True. the second season. It's not True. about him in that, in that that's sense. That's a good point. Um, he was uncredited in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows part one as a wedding guest. Interesting. <laughs> so now okay. I want to go back and see if I can like see him in the background. Um, he was nominated for a primetime Emmy for outstanding lead actor in a drama series for this role. Um, he didn't win, but he did win the 2021 British GQ man of the year. I mean, obviously <laughs> yeah. uh, I did do a Google search of how to pronounce his name. Reggae Jean page. Reggae Jean Page. There you go. That's exactly what I said. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, loved him. I actually love the little boys that play him in this yeah, series they're too. Cute. So cute. So. Um, I will say, and I know there's a lot of hype around him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention and I wasn't like in the hype mm-hmm. when it when it first started. I thought he was a little bit more attractive. <laughs> Like I thought he was going to be more more attractive. He reminds me of Wes from from how to get away with murder. Right. Which, which takes a little bit away from me. That's I think. That's exactly it, right? Like I I think from afar, he's cute. And then mm-hmm. the close up scenes, I'm like, mm, you're all right. <laughs> which I, mean, is I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't say no either. I'm just saying I think I built it up in my head for yeah. this guy to be absolutely like drop dead gorgeous. But I think yeah. it, it's all subjective, right? Yeah. Because I like to me, like Jesse Williams is really good looking. But like Jesse and him don't look anything alike. Correct. <laughs> So, right. I, I mean, I guess <laughs> get to like the end of episodes. <laughs> Let okay. me know what you think. All right. <laughs> you see him in a different way, in a different well, way. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. so <laughs> anyways, moving on. Um, let's see. Lastly, for this episode, we'll talk about Lord Anthony Bridgerton, who is actually the Viscount of the Bridgerton family, which I Googled this while I was watching. I was trying to figure out what a Viscount was and it's some, it's like a high. So the Bridgertons are like, they're in, they're in high society, but mm-hmm. like even higher up, like a Viscount is some sort of like government. Oh, let me just, Google I just it. assumed it was like the head of the household. No, not everybody is a Viscount or a Viscount. Cause they call their mom a Viscountess, don't they? Because she is. Oh, 
Okay. Because she was married to the, to the Viscount. Got it. And so. so now he's Viscount by default because their dad is not. not yeah. It's okay. like a king. Like, it's like the next in line. Right. Okay, hold on. The Viscount. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> it says, a British nobleman ranking above a baron and below an earl. Okay. So it goes earl, Viscount, baron. European okay. countries for a noble of varying status. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But not as high as a duke. Duke is higher. Well, so is duke higher than earl? Yes. So it was duke, earl, viscount, baron. I think. Okay. There's probably other ones that we're not even, <laughs> that we yeah. don't know. Fascinating. I mean, though. king. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Um, but he's played by Jonathan Bailey. Um, there, he hasn't done a whole lot before this. Um, he voiced a lot of, um, video games, which I thought was interesting. Um, he was offered the part of Anthony, Anthony Bridgerton, um, on his 31st birthday, um, April 25th. So he just had a birthday. That's my grandma's birthday. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> and he actually ended up, um, writing a manual on how to be a Bridgerton leading man to pass on to his on-screen brothers as it becomes their season to focus on them, which I thought was cool. Um, so again, I've seen season one and season two. Um, I can't get over the mutton chops in season one. What's that? The big, oh, the sideburns, the sideburns, yeah. but that's what they're called. Mutton chops. The, Fascinating. the way that he, he wears them. Um, they're gone in season two. Oh, thank God. <laughs> So thank God, because I, I'm looking at him on IMDb right now. And this photo of him, he's got like scruff, but like cute scruff and his hair is short. Like, yes, like he can get it. He's like, he's better looking to me than he's Simon. so attractive in season two. Oh, good. Like, can we just skip to season? He's two then? so hot. <laughs> the thing, the thing I'm going to say this now, the thing I can't believe I'm saying this because my mom's probably listening, but <laughs> Uh, I was let down by season two of, because of the lack of sex in that one. Oh. Because there was so much in the first season that I was like, ooh, Anthony, yes, this is good. That's sad. Uh, I mean, we do see him having sex a little bit in this first season, but not much. I don't know, but this specific uh, but yeah. picture, like, he can get it. Yeah, yeah, he's super cute. <laughs> I'll, show, so, I'll show you later. <laughs> but yeah, so he is technically the head of the Bridgerton house, and I, I think he did a great job. So I'm kind of sad. I'm wondering if he'll kind of drift away in season three but then of course i guess we're supposed to fall in love all over again well i think that's different than simon right because mm -hmm. anthony is part of the bridgerton family like yeah. he's still going to be in and around yeah as opposed to simon who's a secondary if you will even though he was well and and in reality what happens when the women get married they leave right so yeah that's what the men stay that's a so. good point Anyway, so we'll talk more about char other characters because there's a bajillion of them um, <laughs> as we go along with this series. Yes. Um, so in line with uh, your picks for this, uh, mm -hmm. the cast, uh, your options for F. Mary Kill are Daphne, Simon, and Anthony. Kill Daphne. I can't. <laughs> She's too fragile. <laughs> She's too, like, I don't know. She bugs me. Um, I will go to the ball with Simon. Okay. And I will marry Anthony. Basically, because I know I've seen the second season and I love him. Um, having not seen the second yeah. season, I will agree with you yes. on your picks. <laughs> All right. Um, so I don't know if you mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but... This episode will live on our normal feed. Um, yes. If you want to follow along with us for all the rest of the episodes, um, it will be available on our Patreon uh, at the $3 level. Yep. $3, so $3 level. a month. You can get 
more Bridgerton. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash the booby girls to mm-hmm. sign up. Or on our Instagram, there's a link in our bio. Yes. At the booby girls. All right. So season one, episode one, it is 58 minutes long. Um, and it opens completely different than the book. The epilogue actually prologue prologue that thing you'll get it eventually we yeah well you know (laughs) words um but the prologue is actually something that we get kind of a flashback a little bit later on yes it is basically the origin story if you will of simon and how he became who he is yes so but the series um opens up and it's they you know describe that it's the year 1813 um and it's the voiceover of lady whistledown it's dearest reader Mm -hmm. um and she's talking about how it's the upcoming social season. And I mean, in this series, it's like kind of described more like it makes more sense in the series. And I understand that, you know, it's, they change quite a bit, but we get this like idea of like in the series, everything is about this social season and there's like a beginning and an end of it. Mm-hmm. And the girls are trying to find a husband within this certain amount of time. <laughs> you don't fully get that concept or idea in the book no you're kind of just thrown into the midst of it right yeah and which is interesting because usually there should be like a setup especially in the first book of a series yeah um i will say i think uh julia quinn has a different series that was essentially like a prequel to this series if you will so if you had read that maybe you you would know a little bit Mm -hmm. more about it um but yeah you're kind of just thrown right into it one thing i did want to mention you know because lady whistledown is our um narrator in the series every single chapter in the book also starts with a letter or a um, article, if you will, from mm-hmm. Lady Whistledown. So I like that they brought that into yeah. the series by making her the narrator. Yeah. I'll, it'll be interesting reading on through the book. If Lady Whistledown becomes even more integrated into the story mm-hmm. as she is in the series, yeah, because she is in it a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but anyways, um, we get introduced, you know, we kind of get a, you know, a montage of some of the people that we'll be meeting, um, but she does mention the Featheringtons right away. And it is a family who has three girls um, this season who will be looking for marriage. And they always talk about um, the girls being of age <laughs> to be married. And it's like, these girls are like maybe 14, maybe <laughs> 15. Yeah. Like I keep going back and forth. I'm like, is this the easier way to do it? <laughs> no. I mean, easy. Yes. Better. No. Maybe. I don't know. I'm st- jury's still out for me. <laughs> okay. Well, Leah should be coming of age she, soon. She so. needs to find a husband. <laughs> so, yeah. But, like, basically what it is is, like, the beginning of the season and the women are, like, presented. And then they go to all these balls with men. And then by the end of the season, some guy is supposed to, you know, Marry propose. Them. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, we then get um, introduced to the Bridgerton family. Um, pretty quickly, uh, we find out that um, the Viscountess, um, who um, is the mother of the of the clan here, uh, she is widowed. So their dad did die. Um, we do find out how their dad dies um, in season two. Okay. Um, but there are hints throughout season one about how he dies. Interesting. Which I think okay. is very interesting, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But basically, we're, we're led to believe that this is like the perfect family. Basically, you know, um, <laughs> and I love that it's they like come in. It's like she's talking about how like perfect this family is and blah, blah, blah. And then you get Eloise yelling <laughs> to make haste <laughs> to make haste. Um, I will say it right now. Eloise is my favorite character and she will. I think she will always be my favorite character. So you told me this yesterday before I had watched episode yeah. one and two. Um, and it totally makes sense that Eloise would be your favorite. <laughs> right. 1, she's 000%. just a girl who speaks her mind and yeah. like 
doesn't want to do anything yeah no she's like this is stupid uh, so far i'm liking her as well so we'll see how that yeah she's great um but we also find that they are waiting on their eldest brother um the lord of bridgerton anthony um and then it pans to him having sex with some girl in the in the park yes (laughs) which does not happen in the book um that is one piece that like it's alluded to that like Anthony back in his Oxford days and his friend Simon mm-hmm. who were about to meet, like they had other, you know, e- extracurriculars, yes. if you will. But I think the series like full blown, like puts it right in your face. Yeah. Like, Oh, he's having like, you know, but I feel like it's one of those things. Like I, I almost appreciate it because it, it like puts, I mean, there's such a double standard yeah. in this whole society and it just like, really drove that point home of like, it's fine if the men go out and sleep with all these other women mm-hmm. who are not in society. Um, and that it's just kind of like, that's what they do, yeah. you know? So ridiculous. But anyway, so this next part, I was surprised isn't in the book. Right. Like, so the women actually, it's almost like a debutante. Like they are presented to the queen. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the season, the women, they have these like giant feathers on their head <laughs> and they have to walk up to the queen um, and, or they said all of the, <laughs> all marriage minded women is what they call them. Basically all the people that, yes. <laughs> all the women that are coming out, if you will, yeah. for this season. So they have to be presented to the queen and then the queen kind of decides, you know, yay or nay on these women. And it kind of will affect their season of if they will find a bachelor or not. Um, uh, but so the Featheringtons, um, present and it's all three girls, um, the queen is very uninterested. Um, and then Prudence faints. And I'm like, honestly, <laughs> probably same. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry. I'm like kind of fooling. I'm laughing because, um, I keep picturing when Eloise ends up getting presented and it is hilarious. Oh, in season two. <laughs> yeah. In season two. But anyway, so now they present Daphne to the queen and the queen says that she is flawless. Um, and she kisses her head and it's like, she becomes the quote unquote, diamond of the season like Mm -hmm. the top girl in this season which again i was so shocked isn't in the book yeah well the queen dynamic isn't even in the book like i don't think they even mention a queen at any point throughout the book so not sure why that was added i don't know if it makes a like is it still relevant in season two Uh is she still okay Uh well i guess it'll have a point at some point yeah i mean we kind of get we get to know the queen quite a bit through the first two seasons. Um, I guess we should also mention, so the series starts off. This is the beginning of the season. The book we're already into the season. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. You were kind of thrown into the mix of everything going on. Daphne had already been proposed to a couple times and said no, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it's just very different on how even Daphne is perceived in both book and movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as you said before, you know, in in the in the series Daphne is now this like very pristine diamond everybody wants her and in the book she's kind of just friend zone she's, she's understated yeah that's how I like to look at her in the, yeah. in the series or in the book is she's understated yeah so which I like to look at myself that way as well <laughs> would you like me to present you to the queen yes please <laughs> I think you're flawless if that helps and Thank you're you. you're my diamond <laughs> okay now you're just gonna make me cry okay <laughs> So, uh, so they do this presentation, whatnot. We now see that the lady whistle down, uh, society papers are being passed out. And this is where we kind of get the explanation of what lady whistle down is. It's this anonymous writer who it's basically just a gossip column. Exactly. It's um, gossip girl. 
<laughs> yeah. And that I think it's funny in the book, they talk about how she's probably making a ton of money because each paper is three pennies mm. and people just shell it out. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa, that uh, little paper boy that like mm-hmm. does his rounds. Like he works a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like he's constantly running around. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we, now we're with the Bridgertons and we see Daphne's dresses arrive and she's so excited. And we see Eloise just being so cynical and so great <laughs> about the whole process. Um, but now we're back with the Featheringtons. And this is what I need to tell you if this, or ask you if this part is in the book or not, because while we're at the Featheringtons, we end up finding out that they have a cousin that's coming to stay with them for the season. Is she in the book? Not at all. Interesting. <laughs> Which changes again, the dynamic of Daphne yeah. being the head girl. Right. Uh, in the book, she very much is in the series. Things change. Right. So, Penelope is also one of my favorite characters. Yes, I actually really like her. Um, Penelope is one of the Featherington girls, and she's this little short, um, stocky little girl who is very cute and very sweet. And her mom is just horrid. And <laughs> it, I mean, really, the Featheringtons are the evil stepmom and the evil t- stepsisters from yeah. Cinderella, basically. Um, but so anyways, so they find out that this cousin is coming to stay with them for, for this season. And Penelope's like, mom, that's way too many girls for you to try to like marry off. Like, I'll just sit this one out. <laughs> like not interested. Yeah. Like I'll just sit this one out. Well, and she does mention that Eloise has um, requested and, and is, is sitting out this season yeah. as well uh, to, for her studies or some, yeah. some reason. <laughs> so um, what else I thought was funny though, is in this scene, we see the girls um, studying their miniatures. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, what are these miniatures? They're actually like little cards of all of the eligible bachelors. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. I would like those please. <laughs> right. That was literally the 1813 version of like Tinder. Yeah. Like, yes, no, yes, no. Swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, but during the scene, um, Miss Thompson, Miss Marina Thompson ends up arriving and this is their cousin and she's kind of this homely looking girl, but she's very beautiful um, because she grew up on a farm. And so, you know, they expected the worst of her. And so when she shows up, they're like, Oh crap, she's really pretty. And it's going to be some competition for these girls. Uh, Lady Featherington is not happy because she was like, well, she'll just be like, I won't have to worry about this one. Right. I'm focused on my daughter, specifically the two older ones. And then she walks out and she's like, Oh, never mind." (laughs) (laughs) So now we are, we get a scene and it's a very handsome man rides up on a horse to Lady Danbury. Yes, please. Can I have that? (laughs) And it is Simon, um, Simon Bassett, who is the Duke. And we find out that he's in town because his father just died. So he has just, uh, just been given this Duke title. And, um, but we find out very quickly that he does not want to socialize. He wants nothing to do with any of this. Correct. Lady Danbury is like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not happening at Uh, all. It's interesting because to your uh, earlier point, right? Like we don't know too much about Simon yet in the series. Whereas in the book, the prologue, talks about how he grew up so like you get you almost um have a connection to simon mm-hmm. a lot faster in the book yeah. than you do in the series mm-hmm. which helped me because it really like made me really like him mm-hmm. um and maybe that's why i'm not as like connected yeah. to him in the series yet um but i mean episode two kind of touches on a little bit of yeah. what we get in the prologue um we now see um an opera singer practicing on stage and we find out that this is actually the woman that Antony was sleeping with in the, in the park. Her name is Sienna. And we find out like, you know, this, this is where Antony try to like, uh, he becomes a little bit more 
I don't even want to say personable because he's not per- <laughs> not personable, <laughs> but he's describing to her ba- about basically like I have to take care of my sisters because my dad's not around. So it's like my job to help guide my sister through the process of looking for a husband. Um, it's it's kind of a different dynamic in the book. So in the series, it's very much Antony is there helping Daphne find mm-hmm. find a wife, and she's or sorry, a find a husband, you know, or a wife, whatever. Um. <laughs> And he's very strict and he's very, but like very, um, committed to it. And, and mom is more just kind of there to be supportive and like guide her through softly in the book. It's almost opposite. It's completely turned around. Mom is extremely aggressive about making sure that she finds a husband. She's like, she's bought into this whole process of, you know, you know, coming out and then, you know, whatever that the Mm -hmm. the, the case may be. But Antony is there more of like a support system. Like she turns to him for like, you know, advice or like, you know, guidance. I mean, it does shift a little bit once certain things start happening Mm -hmm. um, with her and and Simon specifically. Uh, But yeah, very much like, it was funny because I think I asked you like, is he less abrasive in the series? But he's actually the opposite. He's more abrasive. He's more like, you know, forceful and like involved in the series, mm-hmm. which I, kind of threw me off a little bit. Cause I yeah. was like, Oh, okay. I guess mm-hmm. and have growing up with two older brothers, I have yeah. one that's like that. And then one that's so not like that. Yeah. So it was interesting to see the dynamic <laughs> of book versus series. Yeah. So we now are at the Danbury ball. Uh, so lady Danbury is the one who actually throws the very first ball of this season every year. Um, and the women actually get their little dance cards, which I guess are like, Punch cards. Punch, punch cards, cards, basically. And they have to, like, make notes of, like, who they dance with or not. But basically, they talk about how, like, you know, there's a lot of pressure to find a husband because, heaven forbid, you don't find a husband and become a spinster. That Yikes. is, like... That's my know. mom's worst nightmare. Right. I mean, <laughs> each their own, right? <laughs> uh, so we also find out that there's a very, very strict rule that girls cannot be caught alone with a man anywhere unchaperoned. Mm-hmm. This is like what what re- what current life is like in Iran. Really? I related to, the, not me personally, but like the fact of like how women are, are treated, the fact that they're, mm-hmm. they grow up to be, you know, wives and mothers. Yeah. And like it's all stuff that I've either heard about yeah. or I've like seen firsthand with cousins and things yeah. like that. So I related, which is like crazy because this is set in 1813 right, and, and, and I'm talking about like modern times. That's so crazy. Yeah. So it's not as, I will say it's not as bad as it probably was about yeah. 30, 40 years ago. Like my, my mom was getting married, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, it's still prevalent to yeah. a certain extent. Because they talk about like, if you get caught unchaperoned, unless he marries you, like it, you're ruined. Yeah. Like you basically have like this title over your head of being an easy woman and no one wants to be with you. Michael, just randomly alone. Like, oh my gosh. In Iran, they arrest you. That is wild. Like, what if it's just like an accident? Unless you can prove that like you're either engaged or in like a committed relationship, they, they, they have every right to arrest you. That is so crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Um, so we're now at the ball and we see again, Anthony's being very overprotective of Daphne and like calling out these guys about like their unpaid debts. (laughs) (laughs) Like basically he's like the internet. So he's like the 1813 version of Google. Like mm-hmm. if you want to Google someone like Anthony's got you. He's, he's like your g- good friend who can Facebook stock and find their like, you know, dirty little secrets. Yeah. So we also find out that each woman comes with a family dowry. So I guess it, it's, it's almost like, so if a man marries a woman, there is a lump sum of money 
from her family that will go to his family. So it's, I mean, it's kind of like the gold digging type thing. Like he's trying to protect her from guys just wanting to come and get their money. Cause right. they are a very rich family. Um, but anyway, so Colin ends up showing up as well. I think it's, it's funny. Cause in the book, they kind of talk about how mom even is trying to find them wives during this season. Yeah. None of that comes up in, in the series, that's in this not, series. That's not true because she does have a couple of conversations with Anthony saying like, you know, you need to buck up and like get, get serious. Yeah. But she does mention it. Yeah. And it's almost like almost in a joking matter to some of the other boys too, but there's just like not a lot of pressure on the boys who are older than Daphne. Right. To well, find wives, you know, what else is new? I know. I know. <laughs> it's like the, the women have to, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so Colin it, also different in between the book and the movie. So Colin, is the third oldest boy, third oldest in the Bridgertons. He is, he's been here the the whole time in the book. He's just coming back from like a world trip, Mm -hmm. which he does take. Yes. Oh, he does. He does take eventually. Um, so is this set before he takes his world trip then in the series? I I just, I think it's just ordered differently Oh, okay. because now he, I mean, he's here and he's looking at uh, Marina Thompson, who is, you know, the Featherington's cousin. And you can very much tell that he has eyes for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks her, you know, to dance. Which obviously doesn't happen because Marina's not a character Correct. in the book. Um, and then the Duke shows up and all the women swoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think here. Like a little bit of the next stuff kind of like gets jumbled between the book mm-hmm. <laughs> and the movie. Um but anyways, we get introduced to Lord Burbrook um, and he comes to talk to Daphne and we kind of almost get the initial interaction with, with Burbrook in the series where in the book, Burbrook is just kind of already there and, and she's already like said no to him. So what we get later in the series is what it actually is the first interaction between Burbrook, Simon and Daphne, if mm-hmm. you will. So yeah. something that happens a little bit later in this episode is really the initial interaction that we get in the book. Yeah. So he's really gross and he's just like chasing after her. And as she's like running away from him, basically she runs into the Duke and she acts, you know, she's like, please just like distract me. I just act like, you know, like I, that I know you or whatever. Yeah. Um, when in, in reality, she has no idea who he is and he's super arrogant. And he's like, I can't believe you don't like know who I am. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, but then she ends up finding out cause Anthony ends up walking up and he knows, he knows Simon. They are old buddies from Oxford. And, um, but then she realizes that he is the Duke and she's like, oh crap, I guess I should have known <laughs> who he was. But yeah, like you mentioned, that is not the first interaction that they have. Like Antony is not the one who kind of puts those two pieces together for them. No. Well, and even further than that, like I think um, in the book, Antony and Simon meet up prior to this ball and mm-hmm. he actually makes a comment about his sister and the fact that like, yeah. she's going to be, you know, um, out the season, if you will. And yeah. like they don't, and I think she knows of him, but they haven't like interacted or seen right. each other. So I think it's believable that they wouldn't like, recognize each other but like they at least know of each other whereas with Daphne it very much was like oh like light bulb yeah (laughs) (laughs) I actually like the this this first interaction better 
um, than how they first interacted in the in the book. That's just I, yeah. this seemed more like more believable to me. I don't know for her to magically run into the yeah, Duke of all it's, people. It's more princess like <laughs> you know more okay. fairy tale like. Um, but anyways, Antony at this point makes Daphne leave. He's like, we have to leave now. Like, just make them, you know, leave, leave them, them wanting, wanting more. more. <laughs> um, and she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Totally right. <laughs> Something to mention, right? Like in the ball, all eyes are on Daphne mm-hmm. because of the queen saying that she's flawless yeah. and like she's the diamond. So like she's got even more attention than I think she normally would have Mm -hmm. um again it's it's kind of different in the book like there's no queen saying she's amazing so like she is probably the most sought after it's just not as like heightened in the book necessarily so the next morning so how this works everyone's at the ball so the next morning basically it's like if he texts you in the morning you're good right but like in 1813 they show up to your house and like bring you flowers. They're ca- they call on you is what <laughs> the gentlemen callers are here. So the women like sit in their draw. I think they call them drawing rooms and just wait for men to show up all day and talk to them. Sounds great. Sounds fabulous. Um, but we see that um, Marina Thompson is getting like a ton of callers. Um, Daphne does get a few, but Anthony's like super like hovery over him. Yeah. He's a helicopter mom. Um, and while they are, you know, while this is happening, um, a new lady whistle down paper comes out and it basically is like, was the diamond misjudged by the queen? Because now there's this new Miss Marina Thompson who might actually be the diamond. Right. Um, so now Daphne's like starting to like doubt herself, which sucks. I mean, in the queen's defense, uh, Marina was not presented to her. Right. So she didn't even know about Marina. Right. <laughs> so in the series though, the queen's like, uh, I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't let people think I'm wrong. Um, but Daphne like decides she's like, I need to have Antony nowhere near the next events. Like he is in the way. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, please don't come at all. Um, Lord Burbrook does call on Daphne and he thinks that they are just destined for each other. Gross disgusting <laughs> but anyway she tells or daphne tells Antony that he's just like scaring all the men away like you don't understand like this is what i was raised for is to be a wife and like the way the way she says it i'm like Ugh. like it likes a gut punch of like yeah. yeah that's totally right like this is what women used to be made for is to be wives and make babies specifically have boys to keep the air you know the the lineage going yeah and if you didn't you know, produce a boy. It was like you were considered, you know, trash at that point. So we now find out on that point, the Duke does not want to get married. The Duke has said he is not getting married. He has no intention of keeping his family name going and wants nothing to do with it, which we find out why in a little bit, Um, which I do feel like of anyone's stories, the Duke's has been pretty much similar between book and series so far. Yeah. We just haven't gotten enough of it yet. In right. The series. Right. Yeah. Episode two focuses on it a little bit. More. Yeah. Um, we now see that Colin is actually calling on Marina and this is where we get the first glimpse of a little bit of jealousy coming from Penelope yes. that she may like, um, Colin, you know, so it's very cute. I do like that. They're dropping little hints mm-hmm. in the series. I feel like in the book, it wasn't as clear no, that Penelope no. and Colin would like, yeah, you know, not have anything. All. Not at all. Um, but we see Burbrook keeps calling on Daphne and she keeps looking 
totally disgusted. Um, we're now at the opera and Lady Danbury actually invites Daphne and her mom to like sit in their box. And we, she mentions while they're there that she actually helped raise the Duke. Um, and which is interesting because we'll get it in a flashback in a little bit here. Lady Danbury in the book didn't, like she takes a lot more credit in the series than she does, than yeah. she is, does actually in the book. Well, and even in the book, it's mentioned like, yes, I think when Simon shows back up to town, he's like, you know, she was a part of my life growing up. But mm-hmm. to your point, yeah, she, it's very much like she takes him under her wing more yeah. so in the series. I think in the book, it was more, more like she was there to, you know, lend yeah. a hand if needed, but she, he had a maid that mm-hmm. was basically his, his caregiver and yeah. like took care of him. But Lady Danbury was like his mom's best friend. And that's how like yeah. that connections made. Um, but at this point during the opera, uh, Miss, Miss Bridgerton and Lady Danbury like decide that they want to like get this plan together to um, get the Duke and Daphne together. It's like they're, they think it's a great idea, yes. <laughs> which is not what actually happens right. in the series in the series. Lady Bridgerton actually does not like Simon. In the book. Oh, excuse me, yes. In the book, she doesn't actually like Simon to begin with. She's heard rumors and kind of thinks that he mm-hmm. is... I forget what the, the word that they use. Um, rake. Thank you. A rake, which is basically a guy that sleeps around and mm-hmm. you know messes around with other girls. Um, so she has a very different initial perspective or... Pers- um, yeah, perspective on yeah. Simon than in the series, where mm-hmm. in the series, I think she's open to the idea. She's because, very much open because to she, it. Because she wants to, mm-hmm. you know, um, get her, her daughter married, but yeah. very different because I'll mention in, in a little bit how this plan actually comes to be in the, yeah. in the book. Um, we now get a scene where we find out that Marina is, is upset because her sheets are clean in the morning, um, which is a little hint of like what's actually going on with mm-hmm. her. Um, which again, isn't in the book at all. Right. Uh, we now see the Duke. He was invited to the Bridgertons for dinner. Um, this is something that like his mom set up. It's like part of their like evil plan to get mm-hmm. them together. Um, this was something that just like naturally kind of happened <laughs> in the, in the book. Right. Cause as we mentioned, Antony and Simon are, are old friends. Yeah. So I think it just so happened that he was invited to dinner. Yeah. At one point. So at dinner, they're like debating on who they think Lady Whistledown is. And, and the, uh, Simon kind of mentions to, I think it's, yeah, to Mrs. Bridgerton about like, you guys all sit in the same room. Like evidently that was not like a normal thing. Like mm-hmm. people used to like the kids used to not sit with, with the adults. Which yeah. I thought was interesting. It's a, it's alluding to the fact that the Bridgertons are a very tight knit family. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so she's like, yeah, we, we actually kind of like each other most of the time. Um, but Daphne and the Duke are sitting next to each other, of course. And like, again, she like shuts down his arrogance and is like, you're just a rake. Like I not, I'm not like buying any of this. And she's so like not interested in him like at all. And he calls her desperate. So like, I felt like there was way more like, I don't like you. You don't like me type vibe between them in the series. And I never so far have not fully gotten that in the book. Like in the book, when he first meets her, he actually is like, 
oh god i think i actually really She's like really her attractive yeah. yeah no you're right it i think they play it up in the series because i mean who doesn't love a you know enemies to lovers right trope. <laughs> so i think they're really harping on that in the series yeah um anthony gets mad for his mom trying to set up uh, the duke and daphne and she, and because he thinks that you know she can do better and mom's like i mean like who are you to talk yeah. about this? Like you're going around sleeping with the opera singer. Like, don't think that we don't know what's going on and you're being super irresponsible. And if, and if, you know, her husband was still around, Daphne would have already been married. Right. And this, you know, like you're supposed to be the head of this household, like act like it. Right. And that dynamic didn't really happen in the book either. No, because in the book he's not sleeping around or at least we don't know that he is. <laughs> yeah. So, at this point, Anthony then decides to sell to tell Sienna, Sienna, yeah, yeah. Um, that he can't see her anymore and that she like needs to leave. Uh, the next event or ball, um, we see that Colin is looking for Marina, um, who I don't believe she's actually at this one. So he ends up, um, and like there's some other girls that are like trying to because the Bridgerton men are very like sought after men yes. so like there's all these other women who are trying to like talk to colin and penelope's there you know because they're really good friends and one of these like really awful girls like spills her drink on penelope's dress yeah. so then penelope like or uh colin takes her to go dance and it's very sweet, that was sweet. um i don't think that happens it doesn't because the duke dances with her that's right. Because he was like, I actually like this one. Yeah. Like, she's normal and like, she's, you know, yeah. not pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the Duke is being a s swarmed by women again at this ball. And he like goes to walk off like all alone. Um, we're back at the Featheringtons at this point And we see the Featherington maid talking to the mom and says, Marina has been here over a month now and she has not bled. So now we're going back to the clean sheets. And so it's like, that can only mean one thing. She pregnant. She pregnant. So she confronts Marina and Marina is pregnant, which craziness. And then she slaps her. Yes. <laughs> um, so now we're back at the ball. And I thought this was so interesting because it was like this huge spectacle. They wanted everyone to come see um, the bistro lights being mm -hmm. lit up. <laughs> I mean, they did eventually get fireworks. Yeah. So I, guess so cool. I thought it was very funny because it was like, that was probably like such a spectacle back, back then, then, you know? Yeah. So. Well, wasn't the light bulb only um, invented? Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> like literally, like that's why it was so exciting, right? <laughs> I actually don't know when the light bulb was invented. I just made that up. Hey, hey Siri. When was the light bulb invented? 1854 Henrik Squabble, a German watchmaker, invented the first true light bulb. That didn't help. Oh, that was a light bulb. Well, and that says 1854. So one of these are is incorrect. <laughs> Anyways, we digress. So this next scene does happen in the book. <laughs> so this scene in the book is actually where the Duke and Daphne meet for the very first time. Correct. So the scene that you talked about where you said you liked it, where she kind of runs into mm -hmm. him does not happen. But the scene we're about to discuss yes. is how they initially meet. So Anthony, after Anthony talks to his mom, he was like, okay, shoot. Like I got to like really put my efforts into making sure Daphne has a husband. And he did that by promising her to Lord Burbrook. Awful. 
awful, right? <laughs> what a terrible brother. So she, so he comes, he's like, um, so just so you know, you're going to marry him. And so she gets really pissed off, right? So she walks off to the garden alone. And then remember, Simon has also walked off alone somewhere. Mm-hmm. So she's in the garden and Lord Bur- Burbrook actually finds her there alone. And I'm like, get out. It's against the rules. Leave. <laughs> um, and she basically says like, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> like, absolutely not. As she should. And he's drunk and he's awful. And, and so it is different. So in the book, he has asked her to marry him a couple times. And she says, no, there's no promising of her no. from Anthony. No, she's, she's been asked by him to your point. Yeah. She has basically said, no, thank you multiple times, but he just won't have no for an answer. Right. Basically. And no means no people, <laughs> because then he tries to like force himself on her and at this point, she he like comes to attack her and we almost you you can see that the Duke can hear something going on. And just about as he's ready to like jump in, uh Daphne punches Burbrook in the face, which does happen yes. in, in the book. Um so anyways, so the Duke comes up and they start just kind of jousting back and forth again about you know, like what's happening right there. And and so in the book there's like a lot of like he was like i was gonna come save you and like, there was there was quite a bit with this mm-hmm. scene in the book specifically like that he she punches him he walks up because this is their initial uh time meeting yeah. they actually have to meet so yeah. like you know simon realizes who who daphne is daphne realizes mm-hmm. who simon is and then to your point like it's very much like well i was gonna save you and she's like well i didn't need saving yeah like what are you even doing here <laughs> right so so anyway so now this is where they, which this does not happen in the book. They kind of start talking about the drama with Lady Whistledown and how at this point she is seen as undesirable because of Marina Thompson and she may not be, you know, the best person mm-hmm. available. And he is just being annoyed by all of the mothers. So they come up with this plan that they will, he will pretend to court her because she will then feel all the other men will think that she is desirable because there's a Duke that's after her. And so more men will try to call on her and then all the mothers will leave him alone because they all think that he is into Daphne. Um, which actually not a bad plan, but I'm like, we all know where this is going. <laughs> well, but like it does happen in the book. That yeah. They are the ones that concoct this plan. Yes. So it's not lady Bridgerton who comes up with the plan. Like, what we're led to believe with the whole Danbury thing. Yeah. So to your point earlier, right? Like they, this initial, uh, um, meeting isn't necessarily where they talk about this plan Mm -hmm. in the book. Right. Um, the book basically ends up where they're like, okay, so we all need to go our separate ways because Mm -hmm. she can't be seen with not only one, but two men. Yeah. And we don't know what to do with Nigel. They keep going (laughs) back and forth on like, should we help him? Should we not? (laughs) They devise a plan to like put him in, um, uh, his carriage and like send him away. And then she's like, actually let's just leave him. So no, what happens? Remember is that Nigel wakes up in the book Doesn't and he, Simon oh, punches, punches him, him again. Yes, <laughs> and that's she's right. like, Hey, let's just leave him. <laughs> it's <right>. fine. <laughs> so yeah. So all of this still kind of happens in the book and the, and the series, but just a little bit jumbled. Yeah. or whatever. So anyways, episode one, <laughs> this feels like it's been a really long episode. <laughs> um, episode one ends up with them walking into the party, holding hands together. And they, or he, you know, they mention like, if we're going to make this work, we got to act like we are madly in love. 
And then they dance with the fireworks. Dun, dun, dun. And it's magical. So that is magical. not how they part ways in the right. book. They're both both like, okay, well, we'll just go our separate He ways. goes and dances. With they, Penelope, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they dance. Oh, no. That's like, this is once in the book, once their plan is concocted to to court mm-hmm. each other they dance once and then he goes and finds penelope and dances and dance with penelope <laughs> which i thought would be cute to see in this gotta series, keep everybody but... on their toes right yeah <laughs> all right well that's it for this one um like we said uh episode one is on our regular feed but if you want to continue along with us um on our bridgerton watch Journey. and read um you can sign up for pa- our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the boovie girls or like hannah said at the link in our bio on instagram at the boovie girls um if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can also, like I said, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. Um, and next week on the regular feed, mm-hmm. what are we covering? So next week we are doing, uh, because you're in love with him, <laughs> another Leo favorite, uh, Catch Me If You Can, which you said is a nonfiction book? It is. It's a true story. Um, the book is... The full book title is Catch Me If You Can, The True Story of a Real Fake. And ironically enough, I have not seen this movie. I don't think I have either. Even though I love Leo. um, I'm sure Boyfriend Ray is going to be like, oh, I can't believe you haven't seen this. But it is on my scratch off. Oh, it is? I don't think it's on mine um, because I don't think this is a classic book. Uh, But (laughs) we'll see how it goes. Yeah. um, Genres are nonfiction, biography, crime, true crime. So... We'll see how it goes. Um, it's a shorter book. I mean, it says it's a semi-autobiographical book. Semi-autobiographical. Semi, according to the Goog. All right. That's fine, I guess. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its series. Bye. Bye.